Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Outtakes. I'm Laurie Baker. Today's guest is legendary daytime actor Eric Braden. For 37 years, he has played the ever-popular character Victor Newman on The Young and the Restless, and today he is joining us to tell us all about his new autobiography, I'll Be Damned, so stay tuned. I read your book uh, just last mm-hmm. week, and I loved it. I loved the insightful style of it and uh, the humor. You know, anyone who uh, watches Young the Restless automatically recognizes the title, I'll Be Damned, that's a stock Victor Newman line. Was that your idea to come up with that title? You know, I asked, uh, I asked my Twitter fans what they thought should be on the title, and uh, uh, almost unanimously, they came up with with that. Yes, and I agreed. Yeah, well, it's wonderful how you were able to use it throughout the book with all the different stories as well. Yes. What made you decide to want to write your own autobiography? I didn't want to, to be honest with you. I was prevailed upon by friends and and family and and some journalists I talked to before. So there you are. I thought I might as well do it now. So was it an easy thing to do? Did it come easy to write the book? Uh, it wasn't that difficult, really. Um, well, mm, no. Uh, not painful. I, I can't say that it was painful. You touched on some very personal parts of your life in the book. Yes. Was it difficult yes. to, like, revisit those times, to remember those times? or? To be honest with you, I'm not someone who who... Uh, has buried a lot of uh, skeletons. I'm rather open about my life, and uh, mm-hmm. primarily to myself. And uh, I have never been someone who has fooled himself about anything. I'm uh, deeply aware of the blemishes in in my character, my life, and and uh, but also the positive things. So. Uh, rather realistic, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, you've been doing book tours all over the country. What has that experience yes. been like for you? Well, it is. It is. I've, I've always enjoyed meeting fans, and uh, uh, this is perhaps a bit more intimate. Uh, but on the whole, I've, I'm deeply grateful to the people showing up at these bookstore uh, book uh, uh, signings, and um, have always had uh, a keen awareness of the fact that it is the audience, the fans, who make this whole thing possible. Without fans, I wouldn't be doing this. You and I wouldn't be talking. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you start the the forward of the book is by Stephen A. Smith of ESPN. Uh, how do right. you know him? I know it's through your passion of sports. Uh, Stephen A. My son was always a huge fan of his. His dad, you've you've got to get on his show somehow. And I don't know somehow. I don't know what the catalyst was, uh, 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 but we have been friends ever since, and two very outspoken people. And um, um, a close friend of mine 
knew him and got us together. And, and, and anyway, so um, I just like his outspokenness. And I'm as mm-hmm. outspoken as he is. So there you are. But we respect each other. Okay. Uh-huh. You go into great detail in the book about your passion of sports, how it saved you, starting from yes. when you were a young boy with your father's death. Um, yep. Do you find that your involvement with sports has also helped you with acting? Uh, I think so. I Yes, I th- in, in many ways, in a sense. In other words, when you... From sports, I'm used to the feeling of anxiety before you perform. We had in, in, in my cases, discus and javelin and shot put. When I was young, or soccer, whatever it was, or gymnastics, there was always a feeling of anxiety before you actually do it. So I was used to that. Um, some people, I imagine, who are not used to those, that kind of adrenaline rush um, probably become... Uh, rather scared by it. I don't know, but it's it's the minutes or hour or day before uh, a big match, for example, um, you think about it all the time. And the same thing opening night in the theater, you think about it and think about it and envision all kinds of scenarios. And so, yes, sports in that sense has helped me a great deal. Sports also teach you to fantasize in a certain uh, direction so as to improve your performance. You, you learn to focus on it in your mind a day, two, three, four, five days before. And uh, that obviously is the case also if you do Shakespeare or do a difficult play. On why now now, obviously I'm very used to the character by now. So um, it's, in that case, it's just a question of learning all those lines. Not always, but very often. And uh, but there's still a little bit of a, a little bit of a nervousness before a scene, because you wanted to go well. And in acting, in our medium or actually any medium, you need to deal with certain technical things, and you got to keep all that in mind and still try to be real. So uh, yes, yeah, sports have helped me a great deal. You know, I'm not only a soap opera fan, but I love my classic Hollywood stars. So I really enjoyed uh, reading in your book about, you know, Fernando Lamas and Esther Williams and Marlon Brando, yep. all of your yep. different uh, Hollywood stories. Was there yep. uh, are any actors in particular that really inspired you as an actor, that were particularly influential for you? I would say, hmm, I would say Brando had a, had a lot to do. I said Brando was a big influence. Uh, there was a French actor called Jean Gabin. Uh, there was um, Clark Gable, um, I, Olivier, to a certain degree, Lord Olivier, yes. Um, and then some wonderful British actors who um, somewhat were contemporaries, but uh, uh, Albert Finney, for example, is a wonderful actor. A wonderful. Peter O'Toole is a wonderful actor, and um, uh, there's so many to to draw from, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Meryl Streep is absolutely brilliant, and and I worked with Geraldine Page on Broadway in a play, and uh, she was brilliant. So, you you as an artist you you uh, sort of get glimpses of various 
I'm not someone who dogmatically uh, goes into one direction or one style. I have my own style. <clears throat> I'm my own person. Mm-hmm. But I know that certain people have influenced me uh, subconsciously. Uh, I love the uh, also the intro of your book where you were talking about you know having the star and the Hollywood Walk of Fame and all the different actors that were there and the celebrities and actors that were there celebrating with you. I'm curious, do you ever like go by and visit your your star? Or? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have to always look for it, but I know I know by now I know where it is. Diagonally to the left, across <laughs> from the Roosevelt Hotel. That's where it is. <laughs> so when I describe it to people from out of town who want to see it, uh, that and then there's some kind of a store there uh, right above it. Anyway, uh, yes, I have here and there. Not very often, but I have. Uh-huh. Um, and also, uh, while we, you know, you were talking about all the different, besides Young and the Restless, of course, all the different uh, projects you've been involved with, Rat Patrol and Titanic, you know, is there a certain project besides Young and the Restless where you, where fans will come up to you and recognize you from something else other than Victor Newman? Would it be Rat Patrol? Or? Uh, it would be Rat Patrol for a lot of people, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Planet of the Apes, uh, some. Um, uh, you know, various people at various times and uh, referring to various television shows or films that one has done. I, the overwhelming, mm-hmm. of course, majority of people refer to me as, as the guy on Y&R, you know, mm-hmm. Victor Newman. Of course. Yeah. Yes, of course. Well, I do have to tell you, I remember when I saw Titanic here in New York City when it first opened, and the minute that you came on screen as John Jacob yeah. Astor, you know, right. the whole audience was kind of like, Ooh, I mean, it was a surprise. Are you serious? People were like, I'm serious. Everyone knew. That's so nice. Like, Yo, what's Victor doing on the Titanic? <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I could hear in the audience. Yeah. It, was a, it, was a, it was great fun to see you in that film. And I loved that your description so in the book about uh, James Cameron. So uh, you know, everyone giving you horror stories about him and how much you enjoyed actually working with him, you know. Uh, he's a great, um, great, a great director. So genius as far as I'm concerned, and I had uh, it was nothing but a joy to work with them. Yeah. Uh, going to to Young the Restless, 37 years. Uh, why do you think that Young the Restless is always the number one top-rated soap opera? I don't know that. I honestly don't know the reason for that. I really don't know. It, it's it's. I don't know. I mean, why are some films more successful mm-hmm. than others? There are certain objective parameters here and there, but on the whole, it's it's a it, who knows? That's what makes this business. Uh, it attracts also a lot of gamblers, in a sense, because they gamble on a film being successful, a television series being successful, or certain actors being successful in certain roles. It's just a tough... It's... it's No. I know they tried years ago to distill all the elements of successful films and put it in a script, and it doesn't work. It's It's the synchronicity of it all, uh, the confluence of all those factors, and no one knows what the hell that is. Okay. Well, you know, you do mention many different moments, that, uh, memorable moments for you playing the character of Victor. What would you say was your most challenging storyline? Let me put it this way. The most memorable moments had to do with family, 
meaning the first time I told, told Nicky that I grew up in an orphanage, that, that was one of the most memorable scenes. Uh, then I would say the two other most memorable scenes had to do with the woman who played my mother, Dorothy McGuire, mm-hmm. and uh, George Kennedy, who played my father years later. Um, those three scenes, to me, are the ones that immediately come to mind when I think of memorable scenes. And they were important because for you, those scenes uh, you, that Bill Bell had a- actually written that into your character to give you more right. of, a, of a background to really sink your right. teeth into so you weren't a stock yeah. villain. Precisely. Yeah, that was very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, bringing up Nikki and Melody Thomas Scott, I also uh, enjoyed your story about the different working styles, how she's very analytical. And you like yes. to just jump in and shoot the scene. <laughs> you know? Yes, what is it that exactly. You... I just, but that doesn't mean is... that I, uh-huh. in other words, we, we prepare differently. I'm always interested right. in the emotional content. Uh, that interests me. The rest doesn't interest me. I'm interested in the emotional content in the reality of a scene. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, mm-hmm. That is what I respond to. Um, I don't give a damn where the camera is. Or there's a, I'm not concerned about that. That's their job. Let them do their job. And I just want to play the scene as realistically as I can. And uh, that is what gives me joy. When you do a scene and you have a third eye watching exactly what you do, uh, I think almost every actor does, and you have a bullshit meter, you know, and you know when a scene mm-hmm. is off, you just you sense it. You say, this is phony, this is good. So, And then you have to take into consideration that time is very limited. Uh, time is money in our profession, uh, immediately. And so you take a number of factors into consideration, but essentially what drives me is to try to make a scene as real as I can. What do you think it is about Victor and Nikki that you, that have peop- that the fans have so taken to? I mean, they are one of the big super couples of soap operas and they have lasted for decades you know what is it about this couple that people love i i love working with her and beyond that i really don't know we fight very well mm-hmm. you know we, we mm-hmm. whenever mel and i have uh, fight scenes afterwards uh, we give each other a hug and said you know you and i fight very well and uh, i loved it or whatever so it's 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 we respect each other and like each other, and and but that isn't the reason why. I don't know. Again, I don't know. With some people, you have a certain <laughs> chemistry. With others, you don't. It's it's a very hard thing to define, and a very hard thing to bring about arbitrarily. It's either there or it isn't. You know. Mm-hmm. I, I do. Is there a quality that Victor Newman has that you, as Eric Braden, wish that you had? No, none. I just wish I had his money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good answer. That work. <laughs> That's all. Otherwise, hell no. I'm happy with who I am, you know. But his money, hey. <laughs> okay. So we'll, we'll take yeah. the corporation too. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Is yes. there any? Is there anything you'd like to see uh, Victor Newman do that he hasn't yet done? Any kind of storyline you would love to play that you've never had the chance to play? That's a good question. I, I so trust the writers that I 
and there's by the time they do a storyline, it's too late. Um, no, I, I can't really say that right now. Uh, I'm happy mm-hmm. with what I'm given and try to make the best out of it, and uh, I can't say mm-hmm. that. It's it's a very rounded, you know, gives one a lot of opportunities to play many things, to be tough, to be Machiavellian, to be vulnerable, to be all that. Well, you know, just like you have humor in your book, you play the character Victor with humor, and I'm just curious with the like the nicknames Victor gives people, like Billy Boy and Jackass Abbott, and all those <laughs> all those nicknames. Is that is that you, or is that in the script? That's me. That's so, you. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I always I always crack up you know when I hear that's when right. I hear Bill, about Billy that's Boy right. Abbott. And, yeah, that's <laughs> wonderful. Yes. <laughs> It is yeah. it is well, slightly denigrating, do you know what I'm saying? Oh, of course, but, you know, well, yeah. that's what Victor does, so, you know. Yeah, um, exactly. Switching gears, switching gears a bit. Uh, also, uh, there's been some news out that you are involved in a movie that uh, your son, Christian, is involved with, I believe he's directing, called Den of Thieves. He, he, he wrote it. He wrote the script, and uh, it finally, after 10 years, is coming to fruition or came to fruition and he's directing it now so I couldn't be happy about that I'd played a little cameo on it he said dad you gotta do it and uh, I said okay so I spent two wonderful days on the set and watched him work and uh, what a trip what a trip and um, I, I loved every moment of it he is very much in control and but very nice about it and uh, um, the actors love working with him, and it, it's just so wonderful to see, because he has been talking about this for ten years, and finally uh, the project was financed, and, and he is shooting it as we speak in Atlanta, Georgia. And what has been, has it been like acting under your son, under you the know, direction of it, your son? It, I wondered about that before I went, and then. When I did it, he came to give me uh, some notes or whatever. I said, okay. Now, he and I speak in shorthand because we know each other so well. So, um, um, and I told him a lot about how to deal with actors over the years. And I said, don't become a dictator on the set. Don't become one of those megalomaniacs on the set who are usually nerds who now suddenly are in the director's chair and they feel this enormous power rush. I said, don't be like that. I said, if you want to get the best performance out of actors without pissing them off, I said, go up to them and quietly, not in front of everyone, and say, after you see one performance, one run-through, and say, I love what you did. I love what you did. Could you do me a favor and do maybe a little bit more like this? Just, Just let me see how that... Do you understand? You take the wind out of their sails uh, by complimenting them and then asking how to maybe do it a little differently just for the... Do you understand? It's, it's mm-hmm. whereas there are some directors who, no, 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 that's not what I mean. I mean, if I have guys like that, I go after them. They don't, they, they don't stay upright very long. Do you understand? I can't stand those people. Mm-hmm. And there used to be a lot of those tyrants... Uh, Hitchcock was an ass, a pompous ass, apparently. I never worked with him. Thank God I would have gone after him. And Otto Preminger was an absolute ass, an arrogant ass. 
and there was a picture they wanted me to do with him. I said, I'll knock him on his ass. With that, I mean tyrannical, sadistic to actors, and, and that I have absolutely no tolerance for. I don't give a damn who it is. Never have had, never will. And it's unnecessary. And uh, so he, he learned a lot from that advice, and, and that's what he's doing. Um, he talks to people very quietly, and um, the actors love working with him, from what I gather. You know, and there's 50 Cent, there's uh, O.J. Jackson, who is who is uh, the son of Ice Cube, uh, Gerard Butler, and and Christian is a man's man, and he is into sports and uh, uh, grew up boxing in the ghettos, and so it's it's in other words, they don't feel that they have some, you know strange nerd there who's directing them. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Why? Well, you know, I'm hearing your take on, on how you feel directors should be. What advice would you have for an aspiring actor, someone who's looking to get into show business? Oh, my God. Um, I would say stay physically active, stay intellectually active, learn as much as you can, uh, be physically active, do sports, whatever you do, to to gain physical confidence. And then I would say um, stay intellectually curious, be interested, politics, whatever it is. And uh, you just got to be with it. And then you should, as much as you can, do theater, uh, do small theater, and over and over again. And uh, when you do that and you find you really like it and you find that obviously um, it resonates with the audience, then I would say, you know, stay in it. Otherwise, do not get into it because someone told you you were good looking. That, that's, just do not do that. You know? Mm-hmm. Because Hollywood is full Wonderful. of good looking people. That's, 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 you know, dime a dozen. And that's not what distinguishes you. It's your passion that distinguishes you. You know? That's a wonderful answer. Well, thank you so much, uh, Eric, for your time. And I love the interview right, and I loved your book. I enjoyed it. I, thank that you. is very funny. But that anecdote you told told me just now about people sitting in the theater in New York and, and the movie theater <laughs> and, and seeing seeing John Jacob Astor as Victor Newman the Titanic, that's funny. That's very funny. And, and I love totally that. totally a true story. Everyone just went, ooh. So you know, and I did, too. I was, I was yeah. like, oh, look who's here. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Laurie. All right. Thank you so much. You have a great day. Bye-bye. find out about future interviews, follow me on Twitter at Laurie's Outtakes, like my Facebook page at Outtakes Interviews on Blog Talk Radio, or look up my website at outtakesinterviews.com. Until next time.